Wednesday, October 4th on the Sleepers Podcast. There's been adversity this morning. I'm angry, and uh, I don't know. We're live from a place of anger today. Carter, what's your surprise? Uh, well, my surprise is that I wish I had something like uh, some balloon animals or some type of magic trick to make you happier. But keeping it really simple this uh, morning, I had a tough night last night. Uh my dog woke up at like 4.30, wanted to go outside. So I assume he had to go to the bathroom or something like that. So this is already my second coffee. I'm really dying. He was up, wouldn't come inside for about 35 minutes, just wouldn't come inside. I don't know if he saw something or maybe saw an animal, a creature of some sort. Yes, I'm about to lick this. Sorry, Meg. Um, and you don't have to lick it. Like you can literally make it without licking that. Yeah, I know. But you know, so I got a little, little extra, little, little foam here. I'm going to sprinkle a little cinnamon in there as well. Spice it up a little bit and add it to my coffee here. Great. Look at that. I mean, look at that. I don't have the patience for this today. Can I move on while you do this? Sure. All right. I, here's here's a quick rundown of my adversity this morning. Uh, found out the really nice microphone cord that I use for my really nice microphone broke in the middle of transporting it from my parents' house back to my house. So great. Had to adjust on the fly, bust out an old microphone we probably haven't used since the locker room days. And I don't even know if it's working. It might sound like shit. So I apologize to anybody if the quality is bad. Was that coffee bad? It looks like you, you took a sip and didn't love the first returns. No, that is delicious. Oh, great. I'm glad. Uh, very good. While I'm in literal hell on Twitter, fighting off Carson Cooper minions who are upset that I compared a third center that averaged one and one last year to a former Michigan State center who averaged one and one last year. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone and I want to yell about it, but Carter won't let me do that as a segment today. So we're going to save that for tomorrow. Are you now eating an energy bar? Yeah, it's actually a um, it's a coffee caramel protein bar from Good Cravings, and it actually has caffeine in it. So it's okay, like this, a coffee protein bar. It's delicious. This is tiptoeing on the verge of disrespectful at this point. Like you're doing a bit. I get that. But now you're just eating a five course meal on the pod. That's what we're doing. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Am I not hitting my calorie goal for today? Should we get some ASMR here? Is this why? So, OK, let's let's discuss. Maybe all of my adversity is a direct result of bad karma for me making a simple joke at your expense that I thought was hilarious and clearly a joke. But uh, you were a little offended. Would you like to address yesterday's tweet from me? You know, I just didn't know where it came from. I thought the energy was great. Uh, you were fresh off at 84 where you face adversity. And I, I don't know. I didn't think the first tweet I would see after that was uh, saying that I eat 4,000 calories a day. I just thought it was funny, okay? I thought that uh, – who who was the player that was trying to eat 4,000 calories? Was Carson it? Cooper. Oh, it just so happened to be Carson Cooper. Great. Uh, yeah, he's just eating 4,000 calories. He said a great quote, all-time quote, uh, my diet is basically whatever I'm eating, eat more of it. I thought that was hilarious. I made a little joke at Carson's expense, said that that's been his diet for 30 years, and look where it's got him. 
Apparently, no one thought that was funny. I thought that had like viral. I, I mean, I thought it was funny. I, I just think didn't see I it think coming. I got two likes and like seven people messaged me like this was mean. <laughs> like shit, I'm sorry. So uh, I'd like to formally apologize for that. Apparently, that's why I just am through hell. That's why I have Carson Cooper minions after me when I'm praising Xavier Booker. By the way, that entire conversation comes from a place of me talking about how good Xavier Booker is, and all I get is people begging me to be nicer about their third string center that averaged one and one that's going to be the fourth string center this year anyways uh i did shoot an 84 yesterday but that feels like weeks ago at this point i feel like i've aged two years in the last 24 hours and uh meanwhile also we were own one on bets today so great started off start off the day with a medvedev loss as a minus 200 favorite youtube comment yeah what's your comment of the day Okay. Uh, a lot of the comments yesterday were us um, kind of um, – I actually don't want to pick a specific comment. I just want to give a quick overview and put into into words what we received yesterday because it was pretty much all the same in different forms. Um, and it was centered around this, and it was centered around the Urban Meyer thing. You guys are soft. You guys are losers. Um, continue to be in purgatory while you hold on to your morals – you're so soft. You're so soft. Um, who are you to judge people morally? Basically, all the comments surrounding that. We got about 40 of those yesterday. So thank you to all who commented. We hear you uh, and we get it. You guys want urban. I did we're as a sleepers podcast, we're taking a stance that we don't want urban. That's our opinion. Deal with it. I haven't read those comments yet. Apparently, I need to dive through, especially in my current. No, you state. no, you do not. In your current state, I'm going to have to ask you to refrain from that count. Those comments, please. Veto power. Okay. Yeah, I. I'm okay. I'm okay being in the minority that doesn't want Urban Meyer. I'm happy to go on record and say that. Like I said, it makes me pretty bummed. I'm pretty bummed that this is the collective. Like I, I didn't need to see one comment that was like. LOL, F morals, we need wins, but let alone 40. <laughs> All right, great. Really reevaluating some things. You've kind of hinted twice in the last week to me, I think privately, you've hinted like, if this happens, I don't think I can be a Michigan State fan anymore. Is that a real offer or realistically you would go down with the ship, right? I don't know. I would have to address it. I, I would not be pleased. But I I don't know. Like, is there a way to be out here like I'm just not supporting Michigan State? But like, I don't know. It'd be a very, very strange uh thing to navigate. But I lean towards like I'm just not rocking with this. I'm not supporting it. Yeah, and a strange relationship type thing. Yeah, I yeah. that's where I'm like obviously I'm a mutant anyway, and I'm essentially the worst Michigan State alum of all time with my rooting interests, but um, you know, I really do care and root for Michigan State football in a big way, and I care about the university. And like, it, it just is really sad to me. It's bumming me out that all these people I went to school with are so opposite in what they care about here than me. And I'm having a hard time like squaring that with how to approach rooting for this football program right now. So I still truly believe there's no chance they hire Urban. I don't care. Like, I understand the fan base is kind of like, yeah, we want Urban, but. I still, I'm not buying it. I just don't see him doing it. 
Yeah, I hope not. I don't know. Weird stuff. All right. I'm going to try and uh, do my best to change my personal vibes for the rest of this episode. So shout out to me, first of all, for trying that. Uh, it should be some interesting <laughs> topics today. I feel like these topics, a couple of these are like in line with the vibes of the opening of this episode. Uh, Armando Baycott had a crazy quote. So we're going to open the show with that when we get to segments about Caleb Love. Uh, Boogie Fland, there are serious rumors and buzz that he's nearing a commitment. We've got some percentages thrown out there from Trilly and from Andrew Slater. And then uh, we have the inaugural Sleepwalkers top 17 poll in honor of the mid rankings when we used to do 17 teams or 17 things because 17 was the most mid number. We uh, asked all of the Discord members to give us votes on who the best teams in the country are. We tallied it up and we have an official consensus sleepwalkers top 17 for the first time so uh someone will put that in graphic form later today and we'll talk about that for the third segment but first we're going to do comments from the discord uh, the discord was blessed with a surprise yesterday oh shit you're right he he's here <laughs> he's here guy is in the discord and in typical guy fashion shows up named name is guy no caps just underscored on a lowercase G, lowercase U, lowercase Y, shows up and says, Hi, I'm here. Like that's it. And it gets instantly like 30 reactions to it. Everyone's excited. And he it, and he just he made his presence felt immediately. Guy special in the Discord too. Yeah, huge point for the those who believed us when we said that we are not guy and we actually had a guy. Well, now it's official. He's in the Discord alongside us. And uh, yeah, Guy's been doing a great job. Once again, another list yesterday, our top 10 shooters in the country. We got Greg McDermott, Creighton's head coach, retweeting it. Trey Alexander retweeting and following. So uh, he's continuing to get us a lot of engagement. He's been crushing it. We're very thankful for Guy's role in all this. And now he's in the Discord, where coincidentally, Car, as soon as Guy joined the Discord, we had the most activity in a Discord since we've opened the Discord. Last night, like every single channel has like 100 new comments. So I'm going to try to sift through the comments since yesterday in here and make sure we get to the important ones. Uh, Tristan Freeman, Busting Brackets, says, I'm already not feeling this episode one minute in. Ain't nobody asking for water takes in the morning. Not everyone wakes up and drinks a Mountain Dew Code Red, Tristan. Fam says, contrarily, I audibly laughed at the value world picture before even opening the episode. Don't sleep on Value World. I'm going back there. I was serious when I sent that to you in a text. I think there's some hidden gems in there. Fact of the day from Ryan the Lion. The small dot over the lowercase i and j is called a tittle. You're welcome. Next comment. Ryan the Lion is back. He says, game on the line. Nobody is taking Cam Spencer over Tyson Walker for a jumper. Mmm. There's, there's probably there's probably a contingent out there taking Cam Spencer over Tyson, but it's also different. Like you think back to Cam Spencer's winner at Mackey, I believe it was like it was a play ran for Cam Spencer. I don't know if I'm giving the ball to Cam Spencer, letting him dribble himself into the shot. I think I'd rather have Tyson in that situation, but on a kickout wide open, I think it's not consensus that everyone's picking Tyson. I think it should be consensus that if it's a kickout, it's Cam Spencer. I think he's like his numbers have been better. And if it's just a wide open catch and shoot, like if we were playing the NBA three point contest, Cam Spencer would be a pretty heavy favorite over Tyson, right? Like 
Probably, yeah. That's just what it is. If it's just set shooting with nothing else, grab the ball, shoot it. Cam Spencer, I think on paper, is a pretty clear better shooter than Tyson Walker. Tyson's a great shooter. If it's get the ball, get out of his way, it's 100% Tyson Walker. He's probably number one on the list, even over Nigel Pack and Max Aismas. But uh, again, like my response to Ryan's comment was like, uh, wide open, I might take Cam because Cam would shoot it. Tyson might not, honestly. Hey, like, we've, this we've is not. Ran, have we not talking, ran into some issues with that? You're talking like you're talking like two years ago, Tyson. That's not the same. T- we don't we don't deal well, with that happened, issue anymore. What happened on the final play of your season last year? He got ripped up. Oh, okay. Trying to shoot it. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm just looking for data points. That's all. Okay. Like, I mean, cause if we're gonna act like he's the best in the country, just give him the ball get out of the way. Like, what what happened there? He got ripped up. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh, to be fair, Cam Spencer got ripped up in the NIT too. So I was gonna say, what happened in the last play of your season? <laughs> it was tough. Terrence Williams, man. Yeah. That's why that's why Terrence Williams isn't on any top ten of guys' <laughs> lists. Uh and then Ryan responded to me and said, You're right, Tyson might not shoot it. He would lob it to Mati Sissoko for a 720 windmill two-handed tomahawk at the buzzer. I love this world for you, right? <laughs> I really do. Uh, Fam was on my side of the cam thing. He said, I don't know. Cam's kind of strapped. Hey, yo. What do you mean by that? Uh, Jibu. Jibu is back. He says, I agree on the Booker takes, but how do you guys think you will be able to defend a physical center like Dane Danger, for example? That's what worries me with Book. So this this is where I come from this stance. Uh, any good center is eating any of our centers up. Like Dane Danger was eating the centers up we had last season. So I'm willing to trade off the defensive deficiencies if I can get more on the offensive end. Like, I don't think there's that much of a difference defensively between Booker and the other centers on this basketball team. I think there's a clear distinction on Booker being better offensively. So in my eyes, I want that trade off. At least I'm getting something on one end of the floor. I could be wrong. I'm willing to state openly that I might be wrong with this projection. I think there's a huge difference between Booker defensively and the three guys. Uh, like, I agree with you on the offensive side of this, but I, I just feel strongly that at a minimum, Xavier Booker is going to block shots if he's on the floor as a center in college basketball. Like, he can be lazy and not chase this guy to the perimeter and struggle and pick and roll coverage. All of that might be true. But if he just floats around the rim, I think he's going to block some shots. Last year's three Michigan State centers had historically low block rates, like all three of them. And I know we're not like a, ooh, look at the advanced analytics podcast, but like Jackson Kohler led this team in block percentage in minutes at 5%. That's horrendous. Like I can dig up guards who had higher block rates than those three centers. And uh, they're, they're just not rim protectors at all. And Xavier Booker, I, I I think is like, even if he doesn't do anything else, I think he just off his wingspan, his frame, all of that is going to block some shots. And I think that's an important thing for this Michigan state team, but uh, you're right. He might struggle with big beast centers. Luckily there's not as many of those in the big 10 this year. And I don't know. We'll see. I don't think he's the full-time center. I think some people thought that was my stance. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if Izzo closed games with Joey Hauser at center last year, I don't know why he wouldn't do that with Xavier Booker. And that says something about how he feels about the actual centers on this team. Uh, Coy responded and said he might not be able to guard Dane Danger in the low post, but Danger also can't run the floor with him or deal with him in space. That's pretty true, right? uh, That's semi-true. I don't know if Danger is a good example for that. You just rocking with your guy Dane. 
I, I, I think people really need to realize what Dane is here. He's Joel Embiid with worst metabol with a bad metabolism. You like the Dane Danger like ran a five minute mile earlier this week? That, that's impressive as hell. Do you believe truly. that? You do you believe that? Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Do we have any eyewitnesses to that that we trust? Can we get News Channel Three in there? I, honestly, I could probably text some people and see if it's real. I would like to know genuinely. Can you do some digging for the Discord? Yeah, I actually yeah. will. All right. Yeah, shoot, shoot our boy a text today. Uh, Travis Nelson says, let me start off by saying that you're right. MSU should get a coach that respects women 100%. That shouldn't be hard. Obviously, turning down Meyer would be off the field stuff like that. What worries me is that Michigan State won't get a big fish. They'll settle on an average guy, and more seven and five seasons will ensue. Hopefully, they can land an Elko or a Dickert, but it also feels like MSU isn't in the position football-wise to turn down a guy like Meyer but find a woman respecting coach. Do you agree that Michigan State's not in a spot to turn down Urban Meyer if he wanted to come to Michigan State? Yeah, unfortunately. I agree with that, too. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I think that's a good point. Um, But I think distinction is we don't believe Urban wants to come to Michigan State. We think this is more like fan-based buzz. Why would – yeah, I mean, even when you think about it, what actual reason would Urban want to come to Michigan State? Is, Is it actually known that Urban wants to get back into coaching? I think it's, it's just all been speculation. Like okay. he, has, he hasn't come out and said he wants to coach. Um, to me, if I'm Urban Meyer, which I'm not because I respect my wife, I, I'm waiting for the Alabama job. That's the only job I would leave for, I think. Like it, I'm waiting for Saban to step down. I'm hoping they call me, and then I'm jumping back in and moving down south. But uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a part of Urban Meyer who is just like, petty like i think he's a petty guy right and he probably is like upset that ohio state kind of i don't want to say ran him out but it didn't end on the best terms and then Mm -hmm. you know go go to a michigan rival that would be something right yeah i mm, true he does i guess he does find some joy in beating michigan um the one thing i will say is that i consider him a midwest guy so i think actually that would be that's yeah, a, I mean, like, like wait, given the Florida roots, though. Yeah, but even so, like, I, honestly, uh, count me as naive in this situation. I didn't even know that Urban Meyer was at Bowling Green. Oh yeah, like I, 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 I honestly, I didn't even go that far back because someone in our YouTube comments, and I will say this, he listed Urban Meyer's like whole resume, insane resume, like just resume wise, truly wild. Like what he did. He's a great football coach. Great yeah. football coach. Can I get his dating resume? <laughs> no, I, I do not have a, a Derek Jeter style okay. uh, dating uh, diamond situation. Good. Good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It, I agree. If Urban, if Urban said flat out, I want the Michigan State job, then wrap it up. But I don't believe that's what's happening here. Traveling Gonad says, if Booker completely flops, like unplayable level, would you rather have Mati Sissoko or Gavin Schilling as the starting center on next year's team? I'd rather have Gavin Schilling. I think that's the right answer. Fun story, by the way. Uh, I watched the movie Fifty Shades of Grey in theaters sitting directly behind Gavin Schilling. I don't know how to feel about that. It was incredibly distracting to me. 
the entire time. I'm just saying. Like I Gavin Schilling was distracting you during Fifty Shades of Grey. I could not lock in on the mentality that college sophomore me needed on a date with my now wife, who she picked this movie, and I know it's like ooh risque type thing. I could not lock in on the mentality needed to perform at my best as a boyfriend because I was distracted by Michigan State starting center. <laughs> was really respect uh yeah i like that i agree it's gavin Schilling. this also i think this kind of prompted or it came right at the same time as a tweet i did yesterday that got me a lot of flack uh which is why we're going to talk about michigan state's front court state of the union are you now eating chocolate no that's the protein bar oh okay we just have more that looked like a piece of chocolate i i I just broke it off in this little bite-sized piece okay still still hitting good it really is, honestly. I'm in a very good mood today. I'm sorry you're not. I'm, I'm excited at your mood. I feel like the vibes are kind of turning my day around. But anyways, I tweeted uh, I tweeted a comp between the Deontay Davis team because when Deontay Davis came in as a freshman, people were like, oh, he's lazy. He's He might not be that good. He only played 18 minutes a game as a freshman on that team. That team had a senior Matt Costello, first of all. That's why he didn't play more. But outside of Costello, it had Gavin Schilling, Colby Wallenman, and Kenny Goins. I think those three are very comparable to Michigan State's current three. Like, Madi Sissoko and Gavin Schilling are similar impact-wise to me. Colby Wallenman and Carson Cooper have had identical numbers. Like, the first year of Carson Cooper is identical to what Colby did his whole career. So maybe there's hope that changes, but right now that's the impact that he's given you. And Kohler and Goins, I think there's comp for like slow starter, perimeter guy, kind of undersized, and maybe he turns into something as a senior. Who knows? Um, but people didn't like that comparison is the point. So shout out to Traveling Gonad. We'll do a, a whole segment at some point on uh, the State of the Union for Michigan State front court. Tristan's back. He says, hashtag not a political podcast, but in honor of Kevin McCarthy being ousted as speaker, which college basketball coaches would y'all oust in order to get their programs back on track? Hmm. I mean, Juwan, uh, I don't I'm trying to think. Which, who would I oust? get the program back on track you know last, last season if you asked me this like seven months ago i say it's Bayheim. i think he just needs to hang it up but he already did that so i don't know i think i'll go with juan unless some other coach is slipping my mind right now i like the kenny Payne call out most on that list uh, oh, yeah. uh i'm sorry d rose sat i was looking at the list i didn't read it his list is kenny Payne seems like the default 101 other names howard at michigan davis at unc neptune at nova uh, I don't love that that list is four black coaches. I'll tell you that 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 reads like uh, a certain media member's favorite lists of coaches that are on the hot seat every year. Uh, I that that has me thinking that D Rose SAT might be Gottlieb. <laughs> Man, why'd you have to go there? Keep it vague. Uh, I I mean, yeah, I want Juwan out. I'll throw Fran McCaffrey out there. Sorry. I just will. I like I left uh, whatever that Carver Hawkeye. I left that with a cardboard sign that said, hire me. I will fix Iowa, Iowa basketball. And I believe that. Honestly, there's a lot of big 10 coaches. I think I would throw in this. Yeah, can we bump guard out of here? Yeah. Gar- <laughs> Honestly, it hurts me to say bump Hoiberg out of there. That one hurts. That was lined too far. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it hurt me more than it hurt you. 
Okay. Melba937 said, listening to today's episode right now, I will out myself as another lady on this board. Wouldn't expect anyone to know that based on my username, though. Shout out to you, Melba, first of all. Uh, and thank you for outing yourself because I was totally under the presumption that there were no women in the discord. So it's fantastic to know that we do now have at minimum two. Maybe there are more people that we don't know are women in the discord, but we appreciate you. That's good to know. Thank you for being here. And, and Melba's been in there this whole time. And you know what? Never been an issue with the discord disrespecting women. So let that be known. OK, it's not we didn't have the Trump locker room talk going on in there. All right. It's a it's a wholesome place. Crazy. Yes, there might be some mean things said about coaches, but damn it, at the end of the day, we're respecting women. Crazy. Crazy how easy it is to respect women, <laughs> genuinely. Uh, Koi. Uh, actually, I sent a little uh, DM here. Trilly saw our video, or somebody that follows Trilly saw our video. Trilly DM'd me and said, Monsanto at eight is a felony. He said, this is a real text that I got after your list. So, uh I, I wanted him higher on the list. I had him six on my personal rankings. How did you feel about Demario Monsanto? Yeah, I definitely would have him probably in like the five to six range. I think he's I think he's an elite shooter. Like uh, the volume is there. The percentage is there. Also, if we're dipping into things such as like body type, like the frame is there as well. I'm just saying. Frame matters for your favorite shooters? <laughs> kind of. Like I, I there's something about – you know, like, uh, what is, isn't Monsanto like six, seven, six, eight? So you're looking for like a lanky six foot seven shooter. That's what you're looking with for. With a rat. Yeah. Like it's something about like a six, five and up shooter with a ratchet. Like Jordan like, Hawkins was fun. I feel like you're describing me at Bronson open gyms right now. Like when I walk in, like I'm the lankiest guy there. Are you okay? This is, don't take this as disrespectful. I will. Please don't. Please I'm going don't. to. I'm going to. Okay. You are. Okay. How are you at like reading screens? Like, are you and good at like, like, you know, when the bump, you know, when the come yes. curl hard, like, you know, when the fade, you you like you have that fantastic. Uh, but if I'm curling, I'm not curling to actually get the ball. Like I'm actively upset if I curl to get the ball, I'll fake the cut like I'm trying to get the ball and curl because it's the right read. But that's all decoy dummy action. If you actually give me the ball and the curl, nothing good's going to happen. But I will always make the right read. I read them great. My IQ, I'm telling you, you've played with me a little. You always play against me. You probably don't notice. But like. I am an elite IQ open gym guy. I am. I I I'm, I never said you weren't a high IQ guy. I know you just posing the question. I'm just responding. Like I, yeah. that's my that's my strength on the court. Lanky shooter. I mean, I, I mean, Greg. I mean, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Okay, that's what we're doing. What? That? What? What do you mean? You know what I mean. That's what we're doing. What? Nikki quit. That's what we're doing, huh? That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Boy. Oh boy. Tristan. We got to get hoop run soon, by the way. Yeah, I'd love to. Tristan. I don't, says, I don't know if I have any more Bronson guest passes. I've really been milking those. I'm going to show up. Can you put me in contact with somebody in your league that's not on your team? I want to show up on your opponent's team. Next you week. can uh, hit up uh, Adam Luger. I could hit up Adam Luger. If you're listening to this, I want to play on your team against Carter. Line that up for me. I will make sure that I'm there and I will make sure I play well. Uh, Tristan Freeman said, AK, we don't want to hear about Doug and Terrace Reed, Greg. That was in response to Coy saying there needs to be a rule that if a player is on a list and that team isn't going to make the tournament, no one can complain about them being too low. Do you like that rule? Uh, I do. And it also had me in my head making up fake hypothetical transfers for uh, Monsanto. 
where is he going in your fake hypothetical world? Uh, I actually had him on Indiana in my fake hypothetical That's world. A fun world. That's a really fun world. Isn't it, wouldn't that. that be fun? I love that. I would throw him on Kentucky. You put him next to Antonio Reeves. Yeah. Howard, that'd, be, that'd be really fun. And and you had the whole Vanderbilt, like, SEC. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. He goes to Wake Forest. My apologies. So that I'm doesn't fit. nod and act like it did fit anyway. Yeah, that my 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 apologies. Or maybe like even if he went to like UNC, like I'm thinking like an ACC transfer. Like instead of Cormac Ryan, you get Monsanto. Yeah, that's crazy. That would have been really good. Uh, Coy was also upset on behalf of us. He said these MFing Butler Twitter accounts simping for DJ Davis try to win more than two Big East games. Until then, shut up. Coy said it, not me. I mean, people just get upset on lists, man. Like, we had a lot of replies like, wow, people still sleeping on Gibson Jimerson. <laughs> like, and I I thought about him. I threw his name out, by the way, when we were talking about the list. But, uh, like, it's not disrespect if you're not on a top 10 in the country list. Like, I'm sorry. He's not, like, a consensus best shooter in the country. He's just a good player. Nothing wrong with that. It just makes it does make me feel good that it means something to be on a on a guy's list. <laughs> Yeah, and now Guy jumped in the comments and said uh, that was the argument against P.J. Hall, too. Guy really wanted P.J. Hall on the best shooters list, and you shut that down immediately. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't fit. Doesn't I understand he kind of wanted to put, like, a front court player, but it's just it the attempts aren't there. The percentages are good, um, but I just – I don't think he should be anywhere near a top 10 shooters list. Yeah, I don't understand where Carson Cooper was the more I think about it. Um you know, the potential's clearly through the roof. And I feel like it was wildly disrespectful for us to leave off a guy that averaged one and one and didn't attempt a three-pointer on our best shooters in the country list. How insane of me to leave Carson Cooper off. Frisbee 31 is back in. He says, rank what you think matters to players in committing or transferring to a team. Things like winning program, coaches' style, playing time, NIL, ability to get them to the next level, school they like, make March Madness, family, friends, influence. It's a long list. Give me your top three. I think it's NIL. I think <laughs> I, I think it's NIL. I think it's NIL is one. I don't care. I think the bag. It seems that most players aren't even starting conversations until the bag is discussed. I'm hearing now that it's even it's there needs to be a bag for visits. Like I need a bag just to visit your school and then I'll consider it. See, that's and then there's a separate number. That's that's Manzelli in business, and I love it. Yeah. So it's it's NIL, and then I think it's next level and then i think it's winning okay interesting in that order this is a cop-out answer but i genuinely believe it's the right answer i think it's different for every kid in the country i really do nil is probably the most consistent but there's definitely a lot of guys out there that have not made their decisions entirely based on nil um i could rank what would matter the most to me personally and i will do that and it would be role one it would be nil two it would be like potential to win three can i pick what i think would be the most underrated part of that of, of the factors yeah i think the most underrated part or the part that doesn't get brought up the most is actually the uh like the geographical factor mm-hmm. like kids going back and playing closer to home i think plays a lot more of a difference than uh than people give credit for like obviously NIL is very prevalent, but there's also a heavy factor of like when a kid enters the portal, where's this kid from? Where's this kid go? Oh, this kid's from Illinois. Daddy Brad's on him. Like that type of situation. 
Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Unless you are Mark Turgeon at Maryland, then it just doesn't matter at all. But outside of that. Uh, very important. I love that question. I love those answers. Good job, everyone involved. Basketball Jones is here. He says, if you had to try and pick an NCAA tournament winner, would you rather A, pick any two teams of your choice in the field this year, or B, choose whatever team lands Cooper flag for next year? I'm taking two teams from this year. Talk me through the rationale there and who are the two teams. So I'm looking at it. If Cooper Flag goes to UConn next season, I think that Stefan Castle and Klingon are gone. So he's, and I think Cam Spencer's gone. Tristan Newton is gone. Uh, I'm not sure what UConn's recruiting class is looking like going into next season, to be honest with you. I've had to look, look into it a little deeper. Obviously, Cooper Flag would probably draw some interest of a lot of top players, but I just think that would be kind of bare. Uh, and then with Duke, I think there's a little bit more of a carryover factor. Like I think Tyrese Proctor is gone. Uh, Filipowski will be gone, but like maybe they get guys like Mark Mitchell back. Maybe they get, you know, the fresh, some of the freshmen back too. And, you know, Sean Stewart, TJ power and Jared McCain. Then you throw in Cooper flag into the fold there. You know, I think you have something there. So I think him going to Duke has me considering picking the team against Cooper flag, but like, I rather just pick, I don't even know what two teams it would be. Just give me like Michigan State and Creighton or Purdue and Texas or something like I feel that. Like you rather... got, I feel you got to pick two if you're going the pick two route. Like this is a you pick two. You're at Panera. Pick two. Okay. I'm going to go. I would go. I go Michigan State and Kansas. Okay. As your financial advisor, I would advise you that was a horrible investment. Um, so my initial thought was definitely to pick two, but then the, the more I thought about it, I don't feel like whatever two you pick, I don't think you have a 50% chance of winning. Like this year feels pretty wide open. There's a lot of elite teams. If I had to pick two, I would probably pick Kansas and Duke, or maybe, maybe Purdue up there, Kansas to Purdue, but like, you can't cover all three of those. That feels bad. What are you laughing about? I'm sorry, the guy just sent his list. Oh, great. I'm really excited to look at it. I'm going to look at it after we finish the comments. Uh, sorry. Oh, good. It's a great promo for tomorrow. But my, I think I think there's a better chance Cooper Flag's Duke team next year is like separated from the pack than any two teams are this year because Edie's gone. That's part of it. Like, yeah, true. And it, it, we don't know who else. Like Kansas could lose a lot from their team. Uh, I'm starting to rethink it now, too, because Duke also has one of my favorite players in high school basketball coming in and Isaiah Evans next year. Literally, Brandon Ingram 2.0. Yeah, He's I think I'm disgusting. I'm, I'm going to take flag, even though everything is telling me, like, don't pick a national champ based on the best recruit. That just rarely ever works out. I mean, going all the way back to 2003 is the last time that happened, I think. Or Anthony Davis, I guess. Um but I don't know. I I'll take Duke and Cooper Flag, and also you spending any time thinking of Cooper Flag on UConn, I think was a mistake. I can't Sorry. believe I can't believe you led with that side. He's Duke. He's Duke. Bound. I, mean, it's it's, I know, but it's the final two. I just I yeah, fair. There's a world. Fair, fair. Uh, uh, scrolling through the rest of this, um, guy asked if we're in on Grant McCasland at Texas Tech. I want a TBD. Like I'm not I'm not in or out yet. I want a TBD. Yeah, I'm not in or out yet either. Okay. Uh, Travis Nelson comes back to his comment earlier about the Michigan State coaching and Urban. He says, 
Greg saying Narduzzi is his prediction really emphasizes this point. Both Urban and Narduzzi would be bad for very different reasons. It's true. Yeah. And unfortunately, if I had those two choices, I would take Narduzzi. And that is, and that pains me. It's true. Can I, uh, this might be the hottest take I've said on this program this year. I don't think Narduzzi would be that bad. I really don't. I'm I'm not saying he's a killer. I don't think there's like immediate 11 win seasons coming, but like I do strongly believe he knows how to coach football. And I think he's had good pit teams. He hasn't had great pit teams. He's lost a lot of games. He shouldn't, but I, weirdly like, he's just such a chip on the shoulder guy that that like muddied this up with Michigan state. Cause he tried to take shots at Michigan state, but like being a chip on the shoulder guy is a huge part of being a good football coach. So if he actually was on the train again with Michigan state, I think we would all really enjoy his chip on the shoulder bullshit. It's just, we don't like it now because it's targeting us. Yeah. I just can't get over the fact that he's targeting us. Like I know it's not a apples apples comparison, but hiring Narduzzi back would be like how the U S men's national team for soccer just hired Greg Berhalter back after firing him. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. A little couples therapy could help for sure. Um, guy then said he volunteers to make $9.5 million, put a mediocre team together, respect women, and still be an upgrade. Okay. Like, <laughs> guy's at the top of our list right now, clearly. He's the top of our list, not guy's guy's list. Uh, and then to end this today, we got a couple from Malik Perry. Of course, Malik had to come in this morning. 5.56 a.m., by the way. Shout out to Malik. I don't know what you're doing at that hour, but it's impressive stuff. Uh, it, back to the Tyson Walker or Cam Spencer, who would you rather have shoot it? He said, ask Purdue that question. Notable to note that Cam Spencer hit a winner at Mackey against Purdue last year. He did. Uh, I mean, they don't have to shoot it. They throw it into the National Player of the Year. And he scores game winners like he did against Michigan State. No, he's saying like Purdue should be afraid of Tyson. That's what he's saying. Like, oh, if, is I, I thought he was saying who on Purdue is going to be the guy that you're scared no, no, of. No, 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 no. He's uh, he he's saying Tyson Walker gamed Purdue. So like the answer is obviously Tyson over Cam Spencer. But Cam Spencer hit a game winner. Right. On Purdue and Tyson tied the game and then Purdue won the game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I thought he was. I thought he was saying that there's no one on Purdue you're scared of no. to knock down a shot. That's what I. No, no, no. He's yeah. He's making the point that Tyson hit a game winner against Purdue, but Cam Spencer did the same. Uh, and then uh, Derek pointed that out. By the way, shout out to D Mac. I also got the email for D Max. Uh, he does like a, a college basketball pick them every year. You pick teams, and then it's season long. How many wins they get, you can win some money. One of the most fun things I've ever done. I don't know if Derek's opening the invite up to other people, but uh, I'll just say on record, Derek. I bet we could get a lot of people in the Discord wanting to do that. So if you're interested and you want to open that up, let the Discord know. Let me know. I can help organize that. And then uh, finally from Malik, he says on the Booker takes defensively, he would have problems. That's why he should play the four until he gets enough strength. Nothing to do with the list, but Carr's path to the NBA is easier than Booker's. Carr has to prove he has a jump shot. That's it. Uh, uh, surface level, I guess. Yeah. Also got to see what Carr's like defensively, too. Yeah, I I think there's a lot with Carr that we need to see still. Love yeah. him as a, love him as a prospect, but like just because you're physically there, 
and do have a mo like that doesn't necessarily make you like, you got to be in the right spots. You got to process the game at a high level. You got to prove some value offensively besides just crashing offensive rebounds. And like, we don't know if he can dribble pass, be in the right spots, shoot <laughs> like help side defense. I, don't know I will say, I will say the two full games that I watched when he did play in the NIBC with legacy, he did look like really good as far as like processing the game, doing the right things, uh, you know, outside of the jumper, of course, but everything else did seem like it was clicking. That's good. Yeah. I mean, again, very pro Cohen car here. Uh, don't think we should be comparing car to Booker much. Like they can both be great. They don't have to be one. It'd be, it'd be pretty nice if they both are great, huh? could happen. It could happen. In fact, you know what else could happen? They could both be great, but Carson Cooper could be even better than all of them. Genuinely. Uh, maybe first team all American season coming. I don't know. I've just heard that. I've heard speculation. I'm not saying it. Great day. Comment section. Appreciate you. You've turned my mojo around greatly. This is fantastic. I'm having so much fun. Let's move to my favorite players to talk about in the country car. Armando Baycott and Caleb Love. I tried to say that with a straight face. I really did. Uh, John Fanta, friend of the show, I think. We got a we got another nice little sleeper shout-out on uh, the DTF podcast this week through the field of 60. Our, our, our good friend, John Fanta. Our good friend, John Fanta. He had a nice sit-down interview with Armando Baycott, and there's a quote that Fanta pulled out and clipped this morning that is just incredible to me. I'm going to read it word for word. This is Fanta's tweet. Armando Baycott to me on Caleb Love transferring to Arizona. Quote, sometimes in life, you've got to get divorced. You have to do things like that. Caleb is like the wife you divorced, but you both still have a kid together. Thank you, Armando Baycott, for that gem. Thank you, John Fanta, for pulling that gem out of him. Uh, Carter, two of my favorite players in the country, Armando Baycott and Caleb Love, just a simple divorce. That's all it is. Little messy. We got to figure out who's got the kids here and there. Do you love this quote? Like, what what does this quote mean to you? Uh, uh, this this quote is just hilarious to me because I think that he tried to make it come across as like this was just a clean divorce. You know, we're going to be okay. We're still friends. We still, you know, hashtag share the kid. You know, make it make everything great. Make everything good. That's that's not the case. In this, let me let me make this very, very clear. This is a situation in the divorce where the one partner is trying to one up the other one. Armando wants Arizona to miss the tournament. Armando wants Caleb Love to be one of the most have one of the worst seasons of all time at Arizona. I I truly believe that that he wants it. And this is vice versa. Caleb Love wants to be able to say. Mm, yeah, you thought just getting rid of me would make things all good and rainbows and whatnot, and it didn't. And now I'm with my new girl in Arizona, and we're having a great time, and I'm cooking. And when I say cooking, I mean I'm shooting 41% from the field. I mean, that that's just that's just is what it is. So uh, hilarious quote, very Armando Baycott-like. I think he's a quote machine. You know, when you're in college long enough, you probably develop that skill. So uh, let's let's make it very, very clear, though. This is a messy divorce where one partner needs to one up the other one. And I don't know which partner in this case is going to do it. I truly think that both are actually going to have good seasons and their teams are going to be good. But we'll see who goes further. 
Yeah, they're both going to have good years. They're both going to have good offensive numbers, uh, even if they're just the same players they have been. Caleb Love can be the inefficient guy and play a big role on a good Arizona team. Armando Baycott can get 18 and 16 a night, and North Carolina might be mediocre or they might be good. Who knows? Like Their, their legacies kind of are what they are, and for better or for worse, they are intertwined. Shout out to my mom and pops because I don't have a ton of experience with uh, divorce, like loving family mom and dad relationship. I've witnessed a great marriage my whole life, but I have some like assumptions of what experiencing a divorce is like that I think apply here. First of all, I think it's a two-way street. I don't think like sometimes someone just messes up, makes a huge mistake or something, but it almost always ends in like some, he said, she said, like there are two sides to every story of every breakup, every divorce, whatever level of relationship, when it dies, there's two sides to what happened there. And I feel like publicly, all we've really gotten is the North Carolina side. Like all, all anyone's heard is, oh, Caleb loves toxic. Oh, he was a bad locker room guy. Oh, he really like shot them out of games. We got to get this guy out and everything's going to be way better. Card, I'm kind of, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm starting to think that that might not be the 100% truth here. Like, I, I think there needs to be some look in the mirror element of the guys in the North Carolina locker room to admitting that they played a role in how bad last year's team was. And the fact that their superstar is just coming out so publicly on record and not shying away from like, oh, it's a divorce. We had to get the ex-wife out. Like, that's that's crazy to me. And I don't know if he was trying to say, like, I still got love for this person. It didn't read to me. Like, reading that quote did not read like that to me. It read to me like he messed up and he's gone. And I just wouldn't say that on record if I'm Armando Baycock. I think he played a big role in part of why North Carolina had issues last year. Um, and two, I think like I think there's lingering effects to a divorce in general. Like we, we can act like, oh, everybody moved on and, you know, better on a better me, new me, all of that, whatever. There's lingering effects to this North Carolina locker room with Armando, clearly, like whether or not Caleb Love is in there, his brain's still on Caleb Love. And I, I don't think it's going to be as easy to just kick him out. And this team's suddenly good. And I don't know that it took this quote for me to think that I've kind of been skeptical on North Carolina all off season. You've been a lot higher on them than I am, but I just, I feel like there's some lingering stuff here. That's going to be there I'm, as long as Armando's there. After this quote, I am less high on North Carolina. I, I will let that be known because I think that, yes, it's a funny quote. It truly is, but he easily could have said, uh, Caleb went his way. It's his decision. Wish him the best. He 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 could have said that, but the whole divorce analogy makes it seem like he still got a little bit of you know, I don't know. He's still worried about Caleb. Like he still Caleb Love's presence is still felt in the locker room because everyone's still thinking about how they're going to be good because they got rid of him. Yeah, I mean general principle. I think if you're the guy giving quotes about your ex, you're kind of losing the breakup. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you, oh, you hundred percent are. And so if we're like, let's assess these two sides of this breakup. We've got Caleb Love who has left Chapel Hill and he's now in a beautiful campus with lots of exciting, beautiful things around him in Arizona on a good basketball team playing for a good coach that could likely win the Pac-12 this year. And he's going to have a huge role on that team. And he hasn't said a word 
about his ex. He's just got some fire videos out, put a fire pick to the gram. Like Caleb Love, for lack of a better word, Car, is living his best life out there in the West. And meanwhile, we're back here in Chapel Hill where I'm supposed to believe that they got the toxic guy out of here. Ooh, they're the one that broke up with the, the toxic ex. Well, you're still talking about the toxic ex. And sorry, no offense, but your new girl's Pax and Wojcic. Like, <laughs> your new girl's Cormac Ryan. And I, I believe Pax and Wojcic follows us. I love him. But, like, it's not like we moved on from Caleb Love to more talented new girlfriends than Caleb Love. So, like, I, I'm just looking at Armando Baycott in the mirror right now. Like, he, he did a sit-down with Jeff Goodman last week where he talked about leadership. And he said, oh, we've never had a leader. Well, who's your leader this year? And he was like, uh, uh, Cormac, like that's, this is not good, dude. Like look in the mirror, point a finger at yourself. Stop blaming Caleb Love, bringing up that he's your ex-wife, like move on. And I think, uh, I don't know. I think this could be a rude wake up call for North Carolina. Yeah. And also I want to go on record right now saying that if sleepers ever got, you know, a hypothetical divorce, there'd be a lot of a lot of prayers at night by me on your downfall and your next step as a podcaster. This is horrible energy, man. I really like this swung around. I started in a bad place. I got to a good place. And now I'm like, if we ever get divorced, I would pray that you lose. I mean, I mean, maybe not pray that you lose, but it would bring me a little bit joy. If you got like a, a, a value world Carter Elliott, like that would bring me a little bit of joy. I mean, I feel like I do a really good job of gassing you up at all times as far as being a podcaster. Like I might take my shots here and there, but like you do. No, you do. This is a very, this is a hypothetical world. This is, I would never even say there's a hypothetical world where we could break up as content creators. And I feel like after the last month of dialogue behind the scenes, maybe you would acknowledge that. Yeah, that's true. That's on me. Come on, man. Sorry. God, let's move on. Boogie Flans. Uh, it might be nearing a decision. That's what a lot of the smoke is right here. I want to go to a Trilly Donovan tweet. And then uh, there was an Andrew Slater response. By the way, Spider-Man meme, Trilly and Slater. Streets are talking. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, Trilly has said there's some interesting dynamics with Indiana and Kentucky uh, announcing some four-year series of games and they're also battling for boogie flan somebody asked trilly to handicap the indiana kentucky battle and he has indiana as a slight favorite he has indiana as a plus 135 favorite to land boogie flan kentucky at plus 140 then alabama is still in this he has them a little further at plus 240 i generally love Anytime Trilly like drops some little tidbits like this, like I believe strongly he's accurate. I think he's an elite insider, all of that friend of the show, yada, yada. Andrew Slater quote tweets Trilly's odds to land Boogie Flan and says, you're way off on one. Again, I'm kind of Spider-Man memeing this, but uh, do you believe that he might be off on one? Like is somebody out of this recruitment, either Indiana or Kentucky? I I would assume that's who he's applying this to is somebody out of this more than Trilly is saying they are. So I think if I'm quoting this correctly, Trilly had Indiana as the favorite, correct? Slight favorite, basically a sub Indiana, Kentucky lean Indiana ever so slightly. Like, okay. Um, if I was handicapping this and let this be known, one, I'm awful at handicapping. Two, 
Trilly definitely has more inside info than me. Three, your ability to nod very fastly when I said I'm not a good handicapper really vigorously threw me off to the point I was going to make, but I'm still going to get back on track here. I think that it's more of a lean towards Kentucky than it than it is towards Indiana, just because of this reason. In in this is this is my reasoning on this. I think that Coach Cal actually has a very good track record. One with just guards, guards in NBA. Um, credit to Indiana for what they did as far as getting like Jalen Hushafino there. Um, and you know uh, they're probably in the lead for guys like Liam McNeely right now. And they've had some good guards come to that program. Don't get me wrong. But when you think guards and guards that are really good and guards go to the NBA, like it's it's Kentucky. They're just on a different level. And I also think that Kentucky has a very good rapport with recruiting in Boogie Flans area. Like he's from the New York, New Jersey area. A lot of great guards have come to to um, <clears throat> to Kentucky from that area. I mean, DJ Wagner, New Jersey, uh, guys like Isaiah Briscoe, New Jersey. They just got a good rapport at getting guys from there. So. I would lean Kentucky on this one, and that's just me taking a shot in the dark guess. But I will say if he does go to Indiana, I've said this in the Discord many of times, the level of in I'll be on Indiana next year will be will be excruciatingly high. I will say that. Yeah, we are approaching, uh-oh, hours for Indiana basketball. If they uh... – if they were to land Liam McNeely and Boogie Flan back to back, things are going to get really interesting there quickly. Uh, also, you are way better at knowing where players are from than I've ever given you credit for. That's a really special talent, truly. Like, Thank you. I can't, you just like rattled that off on the fly. You were dropping how important that is earlier in the episode. I think you're right. And I think like you might be one of the best in the game at just like casually knowing where player, like, can I name a player and you tell me where they're from? I could try. Connor McCaffrey, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to tee you up and see if you stumbled. Nolan Hickman, uh, Seattle, Washington. It's crazy to me. <laughs> How do you know all this? Grassroots. Got to watch him. Terrence Williams, uh, Dematha. This is, this is absolutely wild. You're gonna know Michigan. I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna play this game more. Good job. I I'm gonna flip this though. I don't think Kentucky would be my bet if I could bet on Trilly's odds. I'm going to take $100 out, and I'm going to put that on Indiana. I think there's buzz with the Hoosiers right now. I have no inside information. I don't have people feeding me this. This is a Greg Waddell gut play. And, like, it feels to me, maybe this is just fan base buzz that means nothing. It feels like Indiana basketball has a lot more at stake with Boogie than Kentucky does. And that's, I mean, Kentucky's in elite recruitments all the time. They're going to be fine. They're going to have good guards no matter what. Indiana feels like, oh, if we got Boogie, we're back. That's sort of where I'm at. Not to say they haven't been here, but like I'm, like you said, we're all taking Indiana so much more seriously if they get Boogie. And no offense to Liam McNeely, who a week ago I said is the most important recruiting win a Big Ten team's had in a very long time. Boogie would be the one to add to that that turns everything from, oh, they're they're kind of good, like they got some momentum, to know they're here. And I think that matters. Like my read on this is Boogie has loved his visits, his trips to Bloomington, and all I've heard is positive things. And the fact that we now have an insider like Trilly giving a slight lean to Indiana, I think that's an implication and a sign that maybe it's a bigger lead than a slight lead here, and this could be imminent. That's my read on this. So – Man, 
Candy Stripes could be back. Yeah, and I know this this involves players coming back, but in my head, a lineup next year of Boogie Flan, let's say Gabe Cups as the other backcourt mate, Liam McNeely as the wing, and Baco as the four, Renault at the five, that's a disgusting team. Um, it is a disgusting team, 100%. There's only one thing that I would offer up to do differently. And if I am an assistant on Mike Woodson's staff, I'm already trying to like backdoor this. I'm in Boogie Ellis's DMs right now telling him, we're going to need you to fake an injury. We're going to need you to sit out this season. We Give need a, a, we boogie, need a boogie, boogie backcourt. You need a boogie boogie backcourt, and we'll do we'll we'll give you everything. Like I don't care. We'll name Assembly Hall the Boogie Boogie Hall. Like, see now this now this has me pissed off that USC is not in this recruitment <laughs> because you gave me well I, well, I want to see Isaiah Collier and Boogie, but you gave me Boogie Boogie and US <laughs> and Galen Center. Do you know how much money we would collectively bet on whoever had Boogie Boogie with yeah, the national People title? are coming looking for stats of how USC plays against zone and how they are on the road on night games. We're like, I mean, their backcourt is Boogie Boogie. It's incredible. Also, if we're going to the NASA, Boogie Ellis and Boogie Fland. Yeah. Uh, can't happen, though. Uh, if Boogie Ellis plays this season, it can't happen. So please go to please go to Kentucky, Boogie Fland. <laughs> please. All right, final topic of the day. Uh, we offered this up. Actually, Coy in the Discord, let's give him some credit, kind of coordinated this. But uh, we said we were open to doing a Sleepers Discord member community preseason poll. And Coy put it together. We put a, a vote out there that people could vote on. And we have the poll. We have the results. So this is the official Sleepers, Sleepwalkers, top 17 teams. And eight honorable mentions. Again, we did 17 in in honor of our mid-rankings from last year. It was always 17 teams. So here's our top 17. I'll just read them through quickly. Number one, Duke. Number two, Purdue. Number three, Kansas. Four, Marquette. Five, UConn. Notice I'm through the top five, and I haven't said. Number six, Michigan State. Number seven, Creighton. Number eight, Tennessee. Number nine, Arizona. Number 10, Florida Atlantic. 11, Houston. 12, Texas. 13, Miami. 14, Kentucky. 15, Arkansas. 16, Gonzaga. 17, North Carolina. Honorable mentions quickly, Texas A&M, St. Mary's, San Diego State, Maryland, Alabama, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Your thoughts? Gonzaga making it in the top 17 is a surprise to me. It truly is. Uh, I wonder, also, I, I'm curious how much like one to two voters could swing this. I don't know the details on how many people voted. We have like 50 people in the discord, I believe right now. I didn't um, vote. I didn't vote either. I wanted this to be true. Like our community. Voting. Yeah, that's what I, okay. So that probably explains why Michigan State's at six. <laughs> Cause I feel like we both would have Michigan State top five. Yeah. I would add them fifth. Uh, I mean, eh, let's just <laughs> talk. Oh, uh, here we go. No, I I would add him fourth. Sorry, not fifth. Marquette's fourth. That's that's crazier to me than Michigan State at six. It's just that Marquette is four. Like, are we we're really doing this? We're doing this with Marquette. I can buy UConn a little bit. I I can't yeah. buy Marquette. We're really doing. There's it. just I I just don't think that Marquette is there. Like they losing Omax is is a really big loss. And yes, I get like, there's a lot of, a lot of uh hype around guys like David Joplin, but he, he ain't Omax. And also 
I don't, I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the guy I want to bank on picking up the slack for Omax either. So I don't know. This is obviously they had a really good season last year in the Big East and the Big East tournament, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just not doing it for They don't move me as much as it moves others. Like this isn't a no brainer top five team to me. They're a top 10 team, but they're not a no brainer top five team. I would put them fifth, probably fifth or sixth. I just, I could buy UConn's upside more than Marquette's upside, which is why I would buy UConn over Michigan state. Um, Marquette, it's like, we just saw it happen. I get Tyler Cullick was injured. I, I totally get it, but Marquette is the third best team in the big East. That's a little spicy for my, they're team. the third best team in the big East. They are a little spicy. It's a little spicy. The big is East it? Is loaded. The big East is Greg, loaded. Big East Greg, is, loaded, is it though? Man. Big East is loaded. They got three top seventeen. Me, UConn, and Creighton over Tyler Kolick and crew. I love Creighton. I want to see Creighton, but I love Creighton. Uh, we also like. I can't believe this wasn't the first thing we talked about this poll. Duke number one, not Kansas. Uh, despite my best efforts, not Purdue. How surprised are you that Duke is number one? Because I feel like uh, Duke kind of had their moment at number one on national lists, and then I feel like Kansas sort of became the consensus number one. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at it, though. I, th- I think that, obviously, on paper, you got Tyrese Proctor, you got Flip. Uh, them getting Mark Mitchell back was also huge. He had a really good freshman season. They got guard depth. They got Roach. And, you know, with the experience, they got McCain, uh, Caleb Foster. I mean, they they got a really good team. They truly do. Um, and this, and also, I think people might be docking Kansas for the loss of Arterio Morris. Like he was he was supposed to be a contributor to this basketball team. And at this point, there's no one to replace him. Yeah. Maybe we got the benefit of waiting to do our poll after that news came out. Uh, what's your what's your biggest gripe out of all the gripes you could have at this list? You mentioned Gonzaga. I mentioned Duke being at one's a little flimsy to me. Michigan State outside the top five. What's the thing you're most upset about? Uh, San Diego State in the top 25. <laughs> National runner up. Yeah, and they lose Matt Bradley. They lose Keisha Johnson. Darion, Darion Trammell is still small. And I think Lamont, Lamont Butler is going to have a breakout season, but I don't think it's a top 25 team. Okay. Uh, I love – They also – sorry, they also they lose Mensa as well. Like, they, they lost a lot. I love that we have a slight large Big Ten slant in this. I think most people's top 25s have two Big Ten teams. Uh, ours has two in the top 15 and then Ohio state, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, all in the bottom. So six top 25 teams in our list, uh, two on most lists. I'm mad. Wisconsin's here. I'm mad. Wisconsin's here. I thought we had done our job. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't. I, where were they? Where are they in the 25 range? Honorable. Mention so the, the honorable mentions aren't in any particular order, but Wisconsin, Wisconsin was in there though. Wisconsin was somewhere between 18 and 25. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that just hurts me. Um, and I know I, we got Tyler Wall's biggest supporter here, but I, I don't love it. By the way, where did Tyler Wall come from? Where did Ty- I actually do not know where Tyler Wall came from, but I'm going to assume Tyler Wall came from Wisconsin. Hey, can we can I actually get like a city and a state guess on this? I bet you could probably guess it. I feel like. OK, I'm going to say he came from either. Not not Milwaukee. Let me think. Either he's from like. Madison, Wisconsin, you, or Cedar Rapids, you, can Iowa. I, can I hint you on this? You should Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You got to be creative, but I feel like this is gettable. Okay, you got to be creative, but I feel like this is gettable. Like he's not. 
I'll just say he's not from Wisconsin, but this is gettable. Where would where would Tyler Wall be from if not from Wisconsin? Iowa, Lakeville, Minnesota. I was gonna, I swear to God, I was gonna say Minnehaha, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean that that would have been on point. That Damn it, a great moment, good try. Uh, okay, yeah, I I mean overall, I like this list. Shout out to the Sleepwalkers. Shout out to the Discord members. I appreciate their interest in this and their effort in this. Everybody that voted, that's awesome. We'll have to update this throughout the season. Uh, Marquette at four. Wisconsin in the top 25. Those are my two big gripes. And uh, if you want a more positive gripe, I would have liked to see Kentucky a little higher than 14. I like the teams at 12, 13, 14, Texas, Miami, Kentucky, more than I like the teams at uh, 8, 9, 10, Tennessee, Arizona, Florida, Atlantic. Big Z on the way. See, he's here. He's home. He's home. You know what's crazy? It's great to see an admissions department do their job. It really is. Shout out to you know, Kentucky admissions. <laughs> it just it warms my heart to see people prioritize education in a way that allows you know a kid from overseas to come to America, get one of the best scholarly opportunities you could possibly get. I'm sure he's going to love his time in class. I'm sure that's really why he's in Lexington, and uh, it's just great. It's great to see them afford him that opportunity instead of prevent him from being there yeah you love to see it let's Can I get one more player to guess before we go to one big thing you want one more player guess yeah, yeah. um let me think of a good one here nigel pack uh indiana do you have any more specifics on that uh what city in Indiana is he if from? You, I mean, if you get specifics here, I'll be so impressed. I know 100% fact that he's from Indiana. He's from Indiana. Where uh, in Indiana? Uh, I'm going to guess either Gary or West Lafayette. He's from Lawrence Central High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. In a, God damn it. You're really good at this game. Uh, can I get a Baylor Shireman? Ooh. You actually might have me there. Uh, actually, he, he he's from Nebraska. Where in Nebraska? Um, White Plains, Nebraska. He is from Aurora, Nebraska. Okay, so I just got to stop asking for cities, apparently, right? I do struggle with cities. Um, but I could have got high school for Nigel Pack. I could have guessed Lawrence. Max Asmus. He's from... He's from Missouri. He's from Texas. Damn. Okay. So you're okay. you're you're four for six today. That's a good day. Okay. That's, uh, that's one ahead of where I'm at with your word of the day guesses. And I actually I want to go on record right now. You didn't have a word of the day today. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Don't lie to the camera. You. Did I not. swear to God, I did. What was your word of the day? You, do you want to guess? No, I don't. I don't have a guess. I thought was, my guess was that you didn't have a word. It was rapport. I don't even remember you using that. Can I use it like three. Times. Really? Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, you got me. Good work. I'm now four for eight, I believe. Okay. Fifty percent. Hey, you're still. You're still. You're still. Hey, you're floating. Hey, some are saying I could miss the next two and still be above my bar. I'm forty percent shooter. All right. Uh, one big thing today. One big thing. What do you got? Presented okay. by Bigby. 
Uh, my one big thing is a dad joke because you've been a dad for how long now? How, how old is MJ? Um, she's four and a half months. Four and a half months. Haven't got one dad joke out of you. Kind of, kind of doesn't do me well. So I'm gonna start things off with a dad joke that I heard that I think is pretty damn funny. Okay, you ready for this? Please. All right. So a polar bear. He walks into a bar, sits down, says, "Bartender, can I get a rum and coke?" And the bartender goes, "Sure, but why the pause?" And the bartender goes, "I'm, I'm sorry." And the and the polar bear goes. Well, I don't know. I've always had them. Uh, that's that's okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Are you a dad joke guy? Like, are you? Do you love dad jokes? Well, as my as my dog was running around at four thirty in the morning last night, I found myself on TikTok and I was scrolling dad jokes. I feel like that's a sign that something might be going on. If your TikTok for you page. Has dad jokes? Mm. One big thing, Greg? Huh. One big thing presented by Bigby. Uh, I golfed yesterday. I shot an 84, which is the round of my life for sure. This was at a pretty tough course called Angels Crossing in uh, Kalamazoo area. Like I was coming in thinking like a 95 would be a good round. Started birdie par par, missed two birdie putts on two and three. Uh, and was four over, shot a 40, a four over 40 on the front and started par par on the back, 10 and 11, ran into some adversity that Cart knows about that, uh, kind of messed up the rest of my round, but I'll take an 84. I was a little grumpy, which is crazy to say I was grumpy with an 84, but I felt like I let one slip. Like I felt like it was an out of body experience and I could have maybe hit an 80 if not for the adversity. So that's, you know, mental midget me. I just collapsed due to a little bit of adversity on the course, but this got me thinking on a positive note. Uh, I have the top five feelings that you can experience on the golf course based on like a, a golf accomplishment, the five top things you can do or feel in golf. And I'd like to just on, just on the course while golfing. Like the, these are the top five feelings you could feel as a golfer. Number five, Finding your ball when you thought it was gone. Yeah, huge. Like, yeah, you you think you're in the shit, you're going to have to take a drop, and you find your ball and it's somewhat playable. That's number five, great feeling. Number four, sink like a 25-foot putt. Not talking like a miracle putt. Like, those are cool. That's crazy. But honestly, even when you make those, it's like luck. 25-foot is like, I'm reading this. I think I know what it's going to do, and I got to just go execute. And then you execute and You walk off like, I'm here today. That's mm -hmm. a great moment. Number three chipping in from anywhere like a pretty simple just little chip not anything crazy but like you're just off the green you're gonna go with the pitching wedge we're gonna chip it in great feeling and surprisingly that might be the strength of my golf game i just want to go on record with that that's something i actually do a pretty consistent amount where i don't do the rest of these very often number two you step on the tee for your second drive like if it, it's par four par four or something you're pulling driver twice you step on the tee for the second time, and for the second consecutive time, you flush your drive in the fairway. The yeah, first one, that, that first, first one's not a fluke. First one's a good feel, but the second one, when you do it again, you're like, "This is all day. I'm yeah. here. I'm with you." Because I was literally in my head about to bring up like, "Is hitting that first drive on the fairway in this one?" And, no, okay, 
I'm not, with you. It's not. I'm with because you. it's a great feel. Don't get me wrong. But in the back of your head is always, is that going to go away? You step yep. up to the second you mm-hmm. do it. It's this could be a day. Uh, and then the number one feeling, I'm curious if you'll agree with me on this. My number one feeling on the golf course is anytime you have like a 100 to 120 yard shot, maybe even up to 150, like you're pulling an iron and you flush it approach shot to tap in range. Yeah. There is no better feeling than using an iron and hitting it to tap in range. Just pure. I want to add on to there that you hit it so pure and so good that your partner or who you're with is like, that's good. Yep. Yes. Yeah. You don't even have to put it and don't have to put it in the air. You're watching it. And then you might drop like a midair, like, Oh, be good. And then the person you're with is like, I mean, that's, that's right there. Like that's, that is the best feeling. That's pinnacle peak. Wait a second. That was a pro shot for me right Mm -hmm. there. Everything else like bad golfers can do. You do an approach shot to two feet from 120. Nah, that's great. And coincidentally, that's what I did on hole one yesterday for my bird. Just a nice little fairway, 132 yards out to two feet. Knew it was going to be a day. I love that. I like to throw an honorable mention. Well, this might show who I am as a golfer. But getting out of like a greenside bunker and getting in the tapping range feels really, really good. I want to throw that out there. And then off the course stuff. I mean, the dog at the turn. A nice cocktail at the turn. Has to be in a see-through cup, though. See-through cup with ice and clear straw. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a John Daly or a transfusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. not Don't mix those, though. <laughs> pick pick which one. We, we had a bad day uh, mixing those. Uh, yeah, yesterday I got a high noon and a dog at the turn. I thought you'd be proud of me. I was really like, I literally had a mental belief. I'm like, oh shit, I just shot a plus 440 on the front. And then we're driving by the little stand. And normally I don't get stuff at the turn. If I'm not drinking already, it's just like a keep it moving. And I had a very deliberate thought in my head that this dog and this drink could get me through to my special round because Carter tells me how critical it is. I love that mindset. I truly do. I thought it worked too. Came out par par. Like, I mean, I mean, I know you already said you're upset, but 84 is fantastic. What Dave shoot, by the way? Uh, 99. Okay. Yeah. He played pretty well. Okay, Dave, do you guys, do you do strokes when uh, you guys play? So we play match play and we actually, we have a little trophy, a little father son trophy every single time we play. Um, and it has exchanged hands a couple times this year. I've won a couple straight matches, but it's match play, but he gets a stroke every hole. So if we tie the hole and he gets a stroke, he wins. So I have to beat him. Um, or no, sorry. It's not a stroke. If, if we tie the hole, he wins. If I beat him by a stroke, I win. Got you. Okay. Yeah. We should do that with me and you one day, but I need three every hole. I would lose if I gave you three every hole. Maybe not. You could pull putter and beat me with three strokes a hole. That Jersey Jerry and Portnoy video has me ready to do that with me and you. It would be really fun. We could make really good content out of it, too. Yeah, true. I guess it requires us to hang out with each other and like each other, which, I don't know, in your plans, we're headed for a messy divorce. (laughs) Never. That was such a fake laugh, too. Like, God, I feel like you're cheating on me. We might have to, we need to see the phone logs. I don't even have the ability to do that podcast-wise. You realize how much I depend on you? As far as podcasting? Oh, don't play that game now. Don't butter me up. Weird energy today. We'll be back Thursday. uh, And then Friday's episode, we're going to have that boy D. Hill in from a bar in Spain. So you you won't want to miss that one. 
Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Join the Discord link in the description of all of our videos, $9.99 a month. We got a new Sleepers newsletter dropping, hopefully tonight or tomorrow, one of the two. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.